Self-Care Game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. Hey guys, it's your girl Devin, also known as Sent from Devin, also known as Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, you know what? This this is my episode to forget <laughs> because I usually am ready, but I'm trying to think. Who do but I? Megan, have you seen her billboard? Her Calvin Klein billboard. I did. I did see that. Um, you know what? I'm gonna be Sierra because I just feel like, you know, she's just out here living her best life with Russell Wilson, and like, you know, she got her a good wholesome man. And she can still twerk and do whatever she want to do. He just accept her all as she is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to speak that into existence. <laughs> yeah. She definitely doing her thing. She definitely doing her thing. Okay. So how was your past week? So let me think. Um, my week was like kind of up and down. I had like good things go on with like, school like just doing well with school but then also like had some stuff going on with family that was like stressful so and then work is kind of starting to level out so it's becoming to a point where it's manageable but you know I had an appointment with my therapist and we talked about me like using my planner more so I had this planner that I bought from um like this popular I mean they I ain't gonna say who because they ain't paying us but (laughs) this popular uh planner company Mm -hmm. and I bought it on sale so I got it for like a decent price considering their normal prices but I I don't really use it often and I thought when I got it like oh I'm gonna be organized but it's like you really have to be intentional with it so um I've been making it a point to be very intentional and to like literally write everything down in my planner so that um you know just so that I can keep track of things stay on top of things check things off as I go and kind of just make like a list like even with work because I was feeling overwhelmed um I'm just starting to like make a list of the things that I want to accomplish for the day with work and then just check them off and like anything else is like you know extra bonus points but you know as long as I get these things accomplished I'm good so that helps me keep feel accomplished instead of overwhelmed you know it feels like I'm doing stuff because obviously at work I'm always doing something but Mm -hmm. it's like when you write it down it feels you can go back and look and be like oh you know I did have a productive day yeah that's important I've been doing that as well I use more of a um I use a calendar on the computer though I use google calendar um and I use I have like a as far as I don't have a I have a planner but I realized I really don't want to use it so I'm not gonna use it but I do have like sheets of daily planning so it breaks down my day by the hour and then like the top things I need to do so I check it off and I also use a sauna so that's what I've been using um so yeah I'm glad your week has been decent as far as my week it's been cool nothing really been going on girl just working that's I know it just seems like the days are going by so fast like we are already in March I know this is crazy like just like oh my gosh this year is flying by and you know March is the anniversary when COVID started so it's like you know I feel like they're gonna ring the sirens and the second round of the Hunger Games is gonna start yeah I just don't even want to talk about it child (laughs) (laughs) right like I just just going along with emotions, like, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, take it on the chin. Can't do nothing else. Right. So. So let's go ahead and get into the media segment. I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. Okay, so for the media segments, I guess let's get in. What should we get into first? Well, first of all, 
Bobby Schmurda is out of jail. He got out about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you've been waiting to say that. No, I just actually just thought of it. Oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> girl, child. Okay. So yeah. what did he do? He did like seven years. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. But you know, okay, no offense to him or anyone that is a stan of his, but I don't really understand the hype about him getting out. Like, I just, all I know is that song like about a week ago. So I don't really, I'm like, are people excited because like he's from a certain hood and like just those, you know, it's just like a hood thing, like, you know, just repping like real niggas or something, or is it like he just really this dope ass artist that people are excited to get out of jail? Um, I think he was just like a real nigga, probably. I think people just respected him a lot, especially since um the reason i'm not really sure why he went to jail i know just some stuff that involved like drugs murder and all that yeah i know he didn't snitch on anybody so i'm like are they anyone so yeah i think that's it um but also i'm not really sure what else i just think he was probably like really out here in these brooklyn streets and you know stuff like that so gotcha okay i was just wondering because i was like this is really like I mean, like everybody, Quavo was on the private jet with him. Everybody shouting him out. Everybody trying to be seen with him and stuff. And I'm just like, I think it's because he didn't snitch. I really think it's because he didn't snitch. Oh, he's just got like a lot of street cred now. I mean, I respected it, but I just really was like confused. Like, is it, you know, because I would, I think back to the time where like Tupac was in jail and stuff. Like people wanted him out because he was just like a dope person, but also like a dope artist. So that's why I was like, is it kind of like that? Or is it kind of like, like, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, either way. And also, he also went to jail at his peak. Yeah, true. So he was about to be hot. So like he dropped Hot Nigga and then the Shmoney Dance. Well, the Shmoney Dance, he sparked the Shmoney Dance. And you know, Hot Nigga, that song was hot. That song was big. What song is that? That song about a week ago. Oh, that's, oh, it's called Hot Nigga? yeah oh okay <laughs> yeah that song was big that song that tells was you how much i know i just yeah. i just know that you know i just know the dance and uh that part and you know they still use that as a a meme in the yeah. like, little gif <laughs> yeah if you think about just how um like when pops pop smoke died mm-hmm. found the same of bobby smurder itself he went to jail so pop smoke died right when, at his peak right He's really big. He's even bigger now. So I think it's just something like that. And then he didn't snitch. So I just hope he transitions into like regular life pretty well because he already a couple, he already got a couple memes. (laughs) Um, That one that was like um, him in the mirror. That was him, right? In the mirror. It was like me in the mirror after I finished crying (laughs) or me in the mirror when I finished, when I'm drunk in the bathroom. So I did see that meme. Oh my goodness. Now he already been a couple of memes and people have been like cracking jokes about he how he dressed and stuff like that. But it's just like he just got he's been in prison for seven years. You know, they literally isolate you for what from what's going on in the outside world. So I hope he adjusts well. It seems like he thought had some time to think about what happened and he's not trying to go back. So yeah. Prayers to him. I hope he drops a song and you know, get the shine that he deserves. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see a black man out of jail. That's all, um, you know, either way, I'm, you know, happy he's out. I just I didn't uh, know the whole hype behind him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so in other news, um, the House passed the Equality Act. Um, it was a bill that's called the Equality Act, which would ensure legal protections for LB or LGBTQ Americans by amending existing civil rights laws to prevent businesses and institutions from discriminating against people based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, Yeah, so that was dope. But, um, you know, it's it's always been weird to me how people are so obsessed with people's sexual orientation or gender identity in the workplace anyway, because it's like what we do in the comfort of our own homes is not really 
anyone's business, like in the comfort of your bed in your bedroom, you know? It's yeah, like, I don't see why it's an issue in general. Like, right, because if, if you Let hire them to do a job and they do that job well, like who cares what, what preference they like? And, you know, unless it's interfering with their work. Yeah, so, people be like, well, I don't really agree with it. Well, I don't think they really asked you to agree with it. So... I mean, it goes I, I don't against agree. my religion. It go against your religion. Probably not theirs. But so. we're at work, like so. You're not even supposed to be bringing religion to the workplace. And it's like I don't agree with certain people's attitudes at work or certain people's personalities at work. Like, but if they do their job well, it is what it is. Like you just kind of mm, whatever. You know, like I don't fool with them outside of work, but you know, I yeah. just kind of deal with them at work. So why can't you just take the same attitude to everybody else? Not to say that you you know, so should shun some more just like, oh, I'm not going to fool with them outside of work. But it's like, you should just mind your business anyway. So. Yeah, they just want to be in people's business, just like how they want to be in their marriages and all that. It's just, I don't, it's just annoying to me that these type of things have to be cast. I mean, that's dope. It's cool. Yeah. But why are we even, why is this even a thing? Right. Like nobody should have to tell you how to just respect a human being. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, so that's dope. Um, also, in relation to that, Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head are now gender neutral. So, that? Um, that was just this week. Um, but they decided that because I don't know, I guess they're just trying to be with the times and you know, kind of not making you know, they've been making a lot of stuff more neutral or non binary. Um, so, but they're still Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, and that's gender. Mr. and Mrs. is gender. I mean, that's cool, that's great, but it's just like you need to just change the whole name, just be Potato Heads. Yeah, maybe they will, but I don't know. It just seems like weird. Um, It's just like who was petitioning for this? Like that's I guess that's. I mean, who was thinking about the potato heads? I mean, I mean, great, cool, whatever. I really, it really don't make no difference to me. But it's just like I ain't thought about the potato heads. What they was in? Toy Story. I ain't thought about them. Right, right. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like whether Woody, like Woody came out as gay, wasn't he? What? I don't think we were surprised by that though. Um, oh yeah it says they will be dropping the mister so for mister potato head they'll be dropping the mister and um, it'll just be you know people can create their own families with two moms or two dads you know it'll just be kind of endless possibilities on what they you know what these children play with and you know if it's two moms two dads whatever so they, they are going to drop the mister and I guess the missus too well, technically, don't you just get one potato and you can either put it, put the man stuff, the mustache, or put the lips on it? So it was all just one potato anyway. Yeah, true. So they that makes sense why they're gender neutral. Right. But I don't, I guess, I guess. I, don't, I, don't I mean, but that. yeah, Woody is supposed, supposedly. Um, but it's a potato. Like, <laughs> yeah. But Woody supposedly is bisexual. It's a toy. I mean, they're just trying to teach kids about sexual orientation, and so it won't be, it won't continue to be issues as they get older, because people definitely just be like, this, why are you putting this on the kids? This is, you're going to make my kids become gay, and you, you can't make nobody do anything. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I get that, but I feel like... Educate, educate them. I mean... It's kind of an extreme way to go about it, but yeah, that's I guess that's what I'm thinking on it. I of course like I think that it is important to have representation in all forms, but I feel like um I mean I don't have kids and I don't, you know, look into kids shows, but like when I think about Sesame Street, I mean Bert and Ernie, didn't they come out as a gay couple? So it's like I feel like everybody is kind of like I I don't know, it almost feels like I don't know, I'm not in the community, you know, um, so I can't say this for sure but it almost feels like a little bit of pandering in a way um maybe a little bit I can probably see some people in the community that probably say that 
but I think it's the same way how people try to, you know, make us feel, make black people feel more included and make it more inclusive. Everybody yeah. trying to train. So I think it's the same way as that, honestly. And it's just yeah. like we do need to be more educated about it. It's just I don't know. I mean, like I'm here for it, but I just feel like um, you know, I get the potato situation makes sense because he's already in a way been gender neutral. But I mm-hmm. but I just feel like people don't need to overkill it just to, just to show their support so i just hope I companies don't go in that route i will say with my kid clients i have a few a handful and some of them can explain the pronouns the sexuality the orientation all that to me better than i can explain to them like mm-hmm. they know they know yeah and honestly kids be knowing if they attracted to the same sex or anything like that I think, I think people know at an early age. Yeah. So I just think they just trying to edge. I mean, I guess it can come off as pandering because we're not used to it. But, you know, for some white people, how everything, everybody's trying to make things inclusive, they feel like it may be pandering to us, but it's, it's really not. We like the representation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it anyway. Uh, Either way. I just, um, you know. Yeah, representation in any way and form. Um, speaking of, well, not really representation, but six Dr. Seuss books have been discontinued because they portray people in hurtful and wrong ways. Um, so Dr. Seuss, you know, came up with Green Eggs and Ham and all those other childhood books that we all remember. He's actually been controversial for like the facts of his life have been very controversial for like some years now. You know, if you do your own read. Huh? I don't know nothing about that nigga. Oh, well, apparently, I I don't remember all of it, but I don't know. People are saying that he is racist and- um, I mean, everybody, all these white folks, racist. Right. <laughs> so, I'll be surprised. Right. So um, it says six Dr. Seuss books will no longer be published because they portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. And the businesses, uh, the business that preserves the author's legacy said um, that it was hurtful and wrong. So they would be ceasing the sales of these books and only part of their as is the only part of their commitment and their broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss's enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families. So I think that's dope because, um, you know, basically, I mean, obviously he's no longer alive, but I think it's dope when people have control over a certain estate or publishing rights and want to continue it in a modern way versus holding on to like the legacy of it. Like, no, this is what he stood for. So we're going to, you know, force it. But the titles are, I can, I know, I don't know these books that are being discontinued, but from the title. It's not green eggs and ham. <laughs> no but from the titles i can only imagine um one of them is and to think that i saw it on mulberry street and then uh, the second one is if i ran the zoo third one is mcegot's pool fourth one is on beyond Ze- zebra so on beyond Ze- zebra fourth one or the fifth one is scrambled egg super and then the last one is the cat's quizzer so I've never heard of any of those books. I don't know. You know, it could be as the simply those are like offensive in a way. And that's probably why they're not like super mainstream. So maybe that's why we haven't heard of them. But um, yeah. Watch out. And good for them. <laughs> Get rid of all this righteous shit. Right. Because if I come across it in my child's class... I'm going to the superintendent. <laughs> the period. When I got kids, um, parents being able to opt out of Black History um, courses and uh, History Month and uh, all that lesson plans and all that. And I'm like, this is crazy. How are you going to opt out of work? If that's the case, I'm opt my kids out of math because I'm telling you right now, that's probably going to be a source subject for us in the future. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but um anyways i did want to touch a little bit on um reality tv and i know you don't really watch reality tv do you um i've been watching real housewives of atlanta but the old season that's about it oh child 
So, yeah, I watch all those seasons. <laughs> so I wanted to touch bases on two of them really quickly. So Real Housewives of Atlanta, the newest season um, with Out Nini and all that. So they've been talking up, I, it's actually more of a bone to pick because they've been talking up a good game about this whole dungeon bachelorette party and what happened in the dungeon and all this other stuff. You know, all this news came out about allegedly it was Portia and Tanya and this stripper. And, you know, they got us all riled up and we've been watching this boring ass season. Boring ass season. Like I said, it was boring up until the episode before the bachelorette party and then uh, the bachelorette party. But girl, I just want to express my disappointment in that episode because I really thought it was going to be some shit going down and it wasn't. And I was, I was pissed off and it's just, the thing is, okay. So basically this stripper came for Cynthia's bachelorette party. And this is a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't listened to it. So you might want to skip past this if you haven't watched it yet. Um, but basically the stripper came and, you know, they had a little cute little stripper party or like bachelorette party on camera. And then they said, turn the cameras off, you know, cause they want to have real fun. And, you know, and, um, I actually watched Candy speak on it, which is her YouTube channel. But, um, she was saying that they wanted to be able to play music and stuff because, you know, they can't get those copyrights, um, on the show. So mm-hmm. it was like, they was having a bachelorette party with like no music or like random music and they want to play their music. They want to be able to have fun and do, you know, a little bit more than just the cutes and stuff. So basically, um, you know, they turn off the cameras or they, you know, cover up the cameras and all the, the camera crew left, but the cameras that were in the house, they covered up and then they were mm-hmm. supposed to be demiked and all that. But, you know, it went down. It was a little girl on girl action, you know, some making out and, you know, some, we Ooh. don't know it between Portia and Latoya, which is a new girl. And then um, I think- Portia out here acting well. She's still in that relationship. Girl, well, when she was on this episode, they was um, going through it. So- Also, she can do whatever she wants. Right. Um, so basically, um, the next day, you know, I guess what happened at the bachelor, I didn't stay there because Kenya was trying to act like- Inspector Gadget and Blue's Clues over here trying to figure out who was with the stripper because the stripper didn't leave till seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so obviously everybody wasn't partying that late, but she said she heard him. He, she heard Portia's voice, allegedly Portia's voice, his voice, and another woman's voice um, in the direction of Portia's bedroom when she went down to go get some uh some milk for her baby which she said she sat there and listened for 45 minutes to the sounds and noises she was hearing wasn't your baby thirsty why would you sit there anyways my point is um i'm sick of being bamboozled by reality tv because y'all really made it seem like it was some shit going down and even if they did get a little freaky or whatever happened if they didn't get freaky the point is i think that um, there are just not certain women on the show that are just of a different and older generation. And they don't realize that basically millennials and younger are like more of a fluid generation, you know? Portia is a millennial, right? I think she is. I think she may be like 40. Is that still millennial? Yeah, I think she's an older millennial. Yeah, but like what they did was no different than what we see any other time like like you can yeah. walk down the street in Miami and see girls making out like you know like you know I don't know it's just it's not like they had a threesome allegedly yeah and I mean whatever happened it was just like they were making it to be such a big deal or Kenya was and I think it's because she don't like Portia but I'm just like I'm I'm sick of it. it was it was weird too because and it had to be because she just doesn't like Portia because then she told Latoya Fast forward the next episode, she told Latoya that she has a crush on her. And so that just proved that she was more so just bitter that Portia and Latoya made out, but Latoya don't see her in that way. But my point is, I'm tired of y'all. Y'all hype this up. I thought it was going to be some crazy shit going on or some, I don't know. Like, I I didn't, I I just was expecting something different than a possible threesome in the bedroom. And for y'all to make this, this big storyline, like, come on, like y'all might as well bring Nene back if y'all need some drama, because I I was so disappointed in that. Yeah, they was acting like it was just something. I mean, you know, they got the people to watch it, so that's all they needed. 
Right. I mean, I got my ass to watch it. But anyways, on to more important reality TV um, topics. Um, Okay. So do you watch Basketball Wives? No. Okay. So if you or if anyone listening to this has not watched Basketball Wives, basically... Um, and this one that, like I said, there's an important topic with this. So I'm gonna give some backstory and then I'm gonna bring up the topic. So last season, there was a girl named OG. She was the first like African girl that they've had on basketball wives, um, like authentic African. I think she, I believe she's Nigerian. Um, but you know, like very cultured, you know, wears her, her, um, coverings and, uh, her culture, outfits and you know everything in her confessionals and like very authentically African and you know I think it's important for people to have that representation on their shows just like they did with uh, Real Housewives of Potomac with Wendy even though I don't like Wendy but um so OG was on there and OG really didn't do nothing to nobody but it just seemed like all the girls just didn't like her like they just didn't like her from the jump from the moment they met her and they really had no reason to like her to not like her and then fast forward so OG also plays, um, she played football, um, like a women's football league and she retired and she had made like threats to people, but she never put her hands on anybody. So the reunion last year, she was not allowed to be out on stage with the rest of the girls because they felt like they were threatened by her. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that's very odd. So basically they isolated her and made her do like a separate interview from everybody else on stage. Well, the odd thing about that is she had never put her hands on anybody. And yet you have Evelyn on a stage who we've seen Evelyn climb over tables, throw bottles at people. Like mm-hmm. we've seen Evelyn act a plum fool and actually fight people. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like weird, you know, type of energy. Well, OG, that's her name, has been um, claiming colorism on the show. And um, so this season, they're finally back after the quarantine and everything. And uh, they had an episode where they talked about it. And a girl named Kristen, who is a dark-skinned woman, um, went to OG. Her and OG have never seen eye to eye or anything, but she went to her and wanted to discuss the colorism issue. And OG brought up an important term that this is my first time actually hearing it, but it's called featurism. And it's basically just um, the preference of people based off of their features. So what she was telling Kristen is that like, yes, you are dark skin. We're still not like the same pigment of dark skin, but you also, you know, experience things differently because of your features. And like she pointed out how she has a slender nose. And then Kristen also has like a different grade of hair, like a looser, wavier hair. So I don't know. It just was like very educational. And OG actually, girl, she, she, <laughs> she pulled a stunt and posted, because you know. Um, all these TV shows, they don't show us the full conversation with people. They just chop it up to something we can digest and move on. But she posted like an hour long recording of the full conversation with her and Kristen. And she really schooled her on colorism and featurism and how it comes into play and how it, you know, how it's come into play with the basketball wise, whatever. And mm-hmm. they've kind of like most of the girls, most of the quote unquote popular girls have isolated um, OG because of these allegations. Well, they already didn't like her, but then also they isolated her. And then Evelyn is trying to sue her for defamation um, for saying, you know, alleging that she's the one doing a colorism or featurism or whatever. But I just thought that, that was really important for, um, so if you haven't heard of featurism, now you've heard of it. Um, but I was like, this is actually like a really important thing to talk about because I think that that gets lost in, you know, it gets kind of lost in the sauce when it comes to colorism, because you will have people of certain different tones, skin tones that haven't experienced this or haven't experienced that. So in their mind, they don't think that that person is colorist, but it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Like you could just have features that they prefer over yours because I can look at OG and without a doubt tell that she's African because she has, you know, strong features, which doesn't make her any less beautiful than any of the other girls. But it seems like because none of these women had any reasons to not like her off rip, it just seemed like they decided like, oh, she's unattractive. And I'm not going to be friends with her. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that she's calling them out on the show about it. I hate how they're going about it because they're not really addressing. <laughs> they're just like all, all in denial about it. Um, but even you if someone- light skinned people are, or lighter skinned people, when you get called out on your privilege, people get defensive. And I don't yeah. want to admit, 
So but, and it's the dark skinned people that are doing it too, because like Kristen said, she said, like, I never experienced colorism in this group. So I just want to understand, you know, your experience. It's like, you can't take that experience from anyone. And I think the most important thing is like, just like how on our show, we always say, you know, yes, you may not be a, a racist white person, but what are you doing to actively not be racist? Mm-hmm. I think that black people need to do the same thing. You may not be colorist, but what are you doing to actively not be colorist and, you know, hold each other accountable because like if somebody says they experienced something, you can't take that experience away from them. you like, you can't yeah. tell them how to feel about something that they've gone through. And instead of being in denial about it, like the girls on this show are, they should have used this opportunity as like education for themselves and for them to like, all have like a kumbaya moment, which I don't expect all of them to be best friends, but it's like in the black community, we need to talk about these things. And we need to address them head on instead of like trying to sweep it under the rug or trying to isolate the person that's calling people out. Cause she actually never named anyone specifically. She just said that she experienced it in this group. And I agree with her because like the fact that she was isolated from the reunion and she has never put her hands on anybody yet. Evelyn has been at every reunion and Mm. then try to fight damn near everybody. Like, you know, it was just, it's just disgusting. Yeah. So I agree. That is just that's horrible. I agree. It is all that. The closer to white you are, the better. And that includes features. Yeah. And it's it's disgusting. We have to actively work against it. And when she said that, when she said the whole featureism thing, I was just like, you know, that's what it is. Cause like we we and well, I, I can say that for myself. You know, I can sit here and say, like, I'm not a colorist or anything of that sort, but how many people do you look at on Instagram or do you see in public and think that they're more beautiful than this other person because of their features? You know, like, and they, they're both Black and we should, we should think that we're all beautiful because we all come in different shades, colors, shapes, all that. But it's like, there's always that preference. And whether you're aware of it or not, you have to check yourself about it. You do. You really do. It doesn't matter if you feel like you never experienced or anything. So it's it's present. So you just have to be aware and you have to be aware of how you play a part in it and actively work against it. So yeah, I agree. Here he is. So that's y'all little um, black education of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the last thing, black excellence. Um, Ruth E. Carter becomes the first Black costume designer to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So if y'all don't know who she is, she actually um, is the costume designer for Black Panther. Oh, okay. Turn up. Yeah, so... Yeah, she had already, in 2019, she won an Oscar for um, her work in Black Panther. And then... um, she also will be doing Coming to America, um, which is the sequel to, mm-hmm. you know, is coming to the number two America. Um, but yeah, she basically, you know, is out here doing her thing. And yeah, she received a star. And that's just so dope because we, we think of Hollywood stars. We think of like celebrities that are like actors or like musicians. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who are backstage don't get the props and, you know, kudos that they should get you know they get the awards but it's like you know you'd be like who is that and you just clap you know you see you know you watch a war show and you just like I don't know who that person is but yeah. I think that a lot of the back um the backstage people need to get their kudos and shout out to her shout out to her okay well that's all for the media segment let's go ahead and get in to uh, the main segment Okay, so last week I we did a poll on our Instagram stories that asked if y'all wanted us to talk about reverse psychology or borderline personality disorder. And 60% of y'all say y'all want to hear about reverse psychology. So if y'all want to be included in more polls like that, please follow us on selfcare.gang on Instagram. So we're going to talk about reverse psychology today, um, which is just basically like a psychological phenomenon. Um, And what is reverse psychology? So reverse reverse psychology um, is defined as a phenomenon in which we make the other person 
do something that is opposite what is actually what he wishes to do. So for example, if you want somebody to go to the store for you and they like, no, I'm not gonna go to the store. And you just like, okay, you don't gotta go to the store. I'm sure, I mean, you never know who you're gonna run into, but it's okay, I'll do it myself, don't worry about it. And the person like, okay, I'll go. That's reverse psychology. Or if another example is like in the research that they did surrounding reverse psychology, they told participants not to think about a purple cow and what they do. And then they was like, tell us every time you think about a purple cow. And they just thought about it like consistently because they told them not to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of reminds me of this tweet that I found on um, Twitter that was so funny to me. And this professor was like, he asked his students today, what keeps them motivated? And one of them says, said spite. And just the whole thread on there just had me cracking up because it's just, it's really like when somebody tell you, you can't do something, you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. Oh my goodness. That happened to me in school. Yes. That happened to me in school. That's, I bet it drives me. It happened to me so many times. Like somebody in this thread said, when I was depressed as fuck, the only thing that um, got me out the door sometimes was spite. I was a former foster kid, told statistically that success is unlikely. I might be crawling to hit my goals, but I'm not going to tell me nobody that I can't. And that's just really period. period. <laughs> that's just really what it is. You ain't going to tell me that I can't do it. So that's basically what reverse psychology is. And reverse psychology was um, basically founded by um, some scientists, they were probably racist, Ardorno <laughs> and Horkheimer. Um, they developed this theory and they the one that did um, the, all the research and all that. So as far as just reverse psychology in general, you can use it in like a variety of different um, areas of your life. But the reason why like people become a victim of reverse psychology is because of this term called reactance. And reactance is the psychological term that refers to, let me read it, the uncomfortable feeling you get when you feel as though your freedom is being threatened. It's a natural response when experienced reactance is to do the opposite of what is demanding as a means of expressing your personal independence. So that's basically what's going on when like somebody tell you you can't do it um, in your brain. Right. It's so, kind of like, you don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Like who, like the audacity, who do you think you are telling me what to do? Like gone. So um, that's basically what, what like um, reverse psychology is. And like I said, you can exp- do it in different areas of your life. But I think um, a lot of people think it's fake. Um... And we can get into that a little bit more, <laughs> but as far as just reverse psychology in general, therapists do not use it. We do not use reverse psychology at all. Re- reverse psychology is more of a marketing thing or like a tool for manipulation, just to be quite honest. Just yeah. Quite honest. Yeah. When I think of reverse psychology and all the examples that we just used too, it just seems like manipulation. It's never, um, you know, and I, and when I think of all the times that I feel like it was talked about much more when we were in college or mm-hmm. like when we were younger. And I just, when I think about all the times where like maybe my friends brought up like using reverse psychology on a guy or like him using it on them, it was just like, mm-hmm. it was always like manipulation. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about that, how it shows up in different areas of our life. So when you think about sales, so if you have somebody trying to sell you something um, in a store or maybe, oh Lord, my alarm. If they try to sell it to you in a store or maybe they come up to your door, you know how them people used to sell them knives mm-hmm. and they do that. The vector. They, yeah, they come to you and then it's called the door in the face technique. So they come to your door when I'm, and they make this outrageous sale pitch. Like I can give you this for, three hundred three thousand dollars and you just like hell no and instead they that's really not the pitch they're trying to make 
excuse me, they make like a smaller one. So the picture they're trying to make is actually smaller. So they make the smaller offer, which most people are just like, okay, I can do that because making that big outrageous pitch is kind of like pressuring them and if you know in some kind of way it can kind of make you feel like you broke or something like you know what I mean okay yeah. I can't do that but I can do this so mm -hmm. that's an example in marketing have you ever had that done for you um definitely I you know I feel like we all experience it when it comes to buying a car um mm -hmm. you know because they're always like well you know I can just go down like to this amount you know they do that tactic make you sit there and mm -hmm. wait and then they come back and the number is just barely lower and stuff. I mean, I've had that done, but the last car I bought, I definitely got the better end of the deal. Cause I, I like, I went in there, I knew what I wanted and I made my mind up on, on like this price. So mm -hmm. I didn't care what they said. If it wasn't that price, I was walking out and mm -hmm. I guess they, they probably sensed that, but they told me not to come back. <laughs> they was like, what? don't send nobody here. Don't, don't come back again. Like, girl, I got, got what you wanted. I got exactly what I wanted. So you use the reverse, you reverse psychology. They were reverse psychology. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was so immune today, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so another example is reverse psychology and marketing. So when you think about this, think about like Prada um, in Manhattan. So the product in Manhattan, it really doesn't have like any door signage or anything like that. So it kind of creates the illusion that they're not selling anything, which attracts more people because because people are like, well, what they got in there? It must be exclusive. It, I may be missing something or something like that. Have you ever seen a store like that? No, but I have been in a, like a store before where it was more of an experience and mm -hmm. then you just end up buying stuff, something because like they made you feel so good and they haven't pressured you to buy anything, but they're just like, you know, just make you feel a part of, of their ambiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced in sales. Not that I know of you, you never know. Reverse psychology is so sleek. You just never know. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's one in sales. And then one in parenting, um, they, said in like this article that it's more difficult for it to do reverse psychology in parenting because kids are so stubborn but example of it is like basically um say your kids hates vegetables and instead of forcing them to eat the vegetables we like hey I got some really fresh good carrots in the fridge and y'all cannot touch them and guess what them kids gonna do they gonna touch them carrots because you told them not to so mm -hmm. I'm trying to think my mama ever did that. I don't think she purposely used reverse psychology, but she did tell me not to do something. And I just did it because she told me not to. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Kind of like the purple cow thing. You're just like, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I wouldn't even think about it, but now that you bring it up, I might as well do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So um, that's in parenting. And then in teaching, um, it's difficult as well because kids are just hard-headed in general. But um, in teaching, an example is a teacher telling them, oh, we're not going to read this book. It may be too difficult for y'all. It may be too, it's a grade level higher. So it may be difficult mm. for y'all to challenge them to do it. So, because they, she know they're capable of it. So she just may just say they can't do it just for them to be like that. So that that's the way they use it in teaching. And kind of this example kind of reminds me of all these um, rappers that be on their songs talking about they great <laughs> teachers say they weren't gonna be shit. And now look at them. Look at me now, Miss Hutchison. It reminds me of that because it's just like niggas. I had a teacher named <laughs> What you say? I had a teacher named Miss Hutchison. That was funny that she just came up with that name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah girl I seen something I think it was probably a tweet you know Twitter is reckless but they was like uh -huh. your teacher ain't say that shit <laughs> <laughs> or I seen a tweet that said if my son grow up and say we grew up with no lights and no food food I'm gonna beat his ass and he know his teacher didn't say that shit <laughs> so it's, it's so funny it, that's funny to me um but I feel like I've had some teachers say some things that made me like kind of get it together like who do you think you talking to like you think I'm not gonna be nothing maybe she didn't necessarily say that but I think one said something about my work ethic and I was like bitch I'm gonna get the highest grade in this bitch and I did 
yeah, I definitely had a um, a school counselor, like, you know how the counselor that, like an academic counselor that arranges your schedule and all that, tell me that I couldn't graduate in, in the summer of 14. I think it was probably like fall of like 13 and, she, and I went to graduate summer 15 and 14. And she was like, no, that's like, she literally laughed and she was like, that's impossible. Like, you know what you have to do? Like, that's impossible. And I did it. So just, it was, that was like what I was going through depression too. So that was like what propelled me. It was like, bitch, you ain't finna tell me. Like, yeah, like you ain't finna tell me what I can't do. Girl, walked across that stage, like, bow. Like I literally dual enrolled in two different schools, was like working full time. It was crazy. Like that spite propelled the hell out of me because when I tell you, I look back on that, like how the hell did I do that? Yeah. I was taking like 21 hours a semester. It was crazy. That is crazy. Well, another example is um, reverse psychology and relationships. And I'm sure we're very familiar with this. So this is just a manipulation tactic to get what you want from your partner. An example is like, let's say you want your partner to go get you something to eat. And then you like, no, traffic's a little bad. I don't think you can handle it. You know, you really can't drive like that. (laughs) And they like, what? Mm-mm, I don't handle traffic and then they go get you the food or in a more malip, like in the worst way um like if you break up with your partner or something like that and then he come back and be like I knew you couldn't deal with me anyways and mm-hmm. they kind of just kind of guilt tripping you and making you feel bad like I can't I can't deal with you I can't right, handle right so that's an example of reverse psychology and relationships and I feel like I've experienced that a lot in like relationships I'm not gonna say it in my old one but that was so long ago so yeah I definitely experienced like manipulation I don't know if it was like in the form of reverse psychology though I can't think of any off off my the top of my head yeah it's kind of hard to figure it out because like you don't know if somebody did reverse psychology on you or not right and honestly reverse psychology is just not as popular as it used to be back in the day I remember I used to hear it a lot growing up but now people really don't talk about it people used to be always like you're trying to do reverse psychology on me I know what you're doing right it, it, people used to say that all the time it was just so looking back it was just so weird like like just do what you want to do and I think that's why it kind of went away because it was just like people are going to do what they want to do regardless exactly so, um, and then it also, also want to go over like what type of people tend to become like a victim of reverse psychology. So the people are, that are most likely to become a victim are basically people who are irritable, stubborn, and highly emotional. So that can be associated with anxiety. That can be associated with depression, all that. But if somebody is more like laid back and chill, they're less likely to fall for it because they just like, I don't give a fuck what you think. So right. that's those are the people they'll fall for it. And just really how to use reverse psychology, I mean just tell people they can't do something. <laughs> that's really what it is. <laughs> but I really don't recommend you to use it because it's just like one of the reasons why therapists don't use reverse psychology is because we like to people should have the freedom to of choice people should have mm-hmm. the freedom to do what they want to without being influenced um so i mean don't be out here manipulating folks because i really think even though it is so reverse psychology is a thing it's not like a therapeutic thing it's more like you the people that you're likely to see use it are people that are like narcissists or people are trying to climb their way to the top or just you know people more on the negative side of the spectrum you know what I mean and reverse psychology can work but it also can't work and I think that comes into play depending on who you're doing it on yeah I think it's a matter of um you know realizing that it's not guaranteed to work and then even if it does work one time like that doesn't mean it's going to work again because eventually somebody is going to catch on. So I, I think that's why it kind of like, or the phrase of it kind of died down because it was just like, like you said, people were like, Oh, you're trying to use reverse psychology on me. It's like people catch on to that quick when it's like one thing. Okay. But like, you know, one thing every few months. Okay. Maybe, but like every time, every conversation or every interaction mm-hmm. using it, like 
they're going to catch on and it's going to come off more as manipulation than anything else. And then yeah. if, even if they don't catch on, somebody close to them is going to catch on and be like, why are they always saying you can't do this and you can't do that? Why are you always trying to prove yourself to them? And then, yeah, it could just backfire real bad. <laughs> so it ain't no point in using it. <laughs> it's not. It's just trash. And I was just wondering why people was more um, interested in it to learning about reverse psychology because I was just like, it's kind of probably because we haven't heard the term in so long like even when I realized we were doing this I was just like dang like that's kind of like a throwback it is definitely throwback definitely throwback for sure so in short don't use reverse psychology it's just it's outdated it's tacky it just don't do it and you don't want nobody around that you gotta manipulate to be around anyway period so that's it I guess we can go into asking for a friend. Okay, so for asking for a friend, I have an advice letter. Okay, so what should I call her? What's, what should this girl name be? Samantha. Samantha. So Samantha says, hi, I, and then she put in parentheses, parentheses, 25 female, really need advice on this situation that came up between me and my boyfriend who is 27 male. Mm-hmm. It's probably not even that deep. I have a small chest and sometimes I wear tops without a bra where you can sometimes see the outline of my nipples. My boyfriend would prefer for me to cover up (laughs) if I'm not with him in a public area. (laughs) I want to respect his wishes, obviously, and not hurt his feelings, but I also don't want to be restricted in what I wear and when. It's become a significant issue and I just don't know what to do. This makes him out to kind of be of a bad boyfriend, but honestly, he's not. He's just protective and is the best partner I've had. We've been together for a year if that's needed. Thank you. Well, girl, let me just tell you, my man don't like when I wear my nipples out either, but my boobs are big and I got nipple rings. So that's why he that don't want me always, always giving us nipples for days. Okay. <laughs> I've been up lately. They've been up oh, lately. You've been doing, you've been doing good lately. But boy, I used to just show up at the house and she'd be like, hey, y'all. <laughs> Like, I just okay. don't wear bras. I just don't wear bras. It's just I feel like it restricts me. I feel like it is oppressive and free the nipple. Like it shouldn't be that sexualized. I mean, but as far as for Samantha, <laughs> I'm just like, you only t- well, I don't know. <laughs> In a way, I kind of feel like I understand where her boyfriend is coming from, but then on the other end, I'm just like, you can do whatever you want with your body. She can do whatever she wants with her body, but I'm thinking of it from the male perspective. He's trying, he's probably just trying to be protective and trying to have the least possible scenarios or of worst outcomes uh, for her in any given day. So it's, you know, it's kind of like when your girl got a big butt, like she can't help that she got a big butt, you know, but if she wear like a mini skirt, that might cause more attention than just wearing some jeans, which I, which I hate that idea because like we need to fix the man and not what, and men in general and not what women wear, but that's probably where he's coming from and his thinking of it because he's looking out to, you know, protect and care for you. Um, Not to say that he's right, but that's probably his logic behind it. Um, But I say, do what you feel is comfortable maybe a happy medium like you know if it's if it's a situation where like his guy friends are going to be around you probably don't want to have your nipples out anyway like just that just as you wouldn't want a girl coming around and your man is around and she got big a big chest and her nipples is nipping you know so mm-hmm. you know you might feel a little uncomfortable like girl you're trying to get some attention or something you know so yeah i say be respectful in the sense of like, you know, respecting his friends or family, 
mm-hmm. but all the rest of the times I say, do you? In general, I say, do you? But I'm like, if you try to compromise and just be a little respectful of, you know, the people close to him. Yeah, I just think it's gross to standard society put on women. Um, but I mean, I guess I feel like you should just, like you said, figure out, just eyeball the situation. If you go to go see his mama, wear your bra. If you better hang out with his friends, wear your bra. But if you go have a girls' night with your girls, shit, let the teens free. Right. Or a night out, you know, at a club or something. Like, shit, you need to make sure you can fight anyway. Y'all been together for a year. Y'all probably thinking mm-hmm. a little long-term, little marriage. You need to see if he got hands anyway. Yeah. Period. <laughs> so, Samantha, I wish you the best. But we have another letter. Um, Give me a name. Uh, male or female or just neutral. She didn't say ryan ryan okay so ryan said i really feel bad for saying this i have no clue how to help her she's been one of my closest friends for around eight years and i love her i'm also the closest friend she has and she keeps telling me that she wouldn't know what to do without me but lately she's become so unbearable She's been diagnosed with depression several years ago, went on medication and got much better for a while. But for the past year or so, it feels like she slipped again. She complains about everything all the time. And I mean, everything coming out her mouth is a complaint and negative. Sometimes I just want to have a normal conversation about a movie or a show or just what's going on in our lives. But all she does is complain. The conversations with her are so draining and it makes me feel so down. Part of this is that I feel like I really can't help her or understand her. And because I am in an okay place in my life and she isn't. So it's hard to relate to her. I would never abandon her over this, but I'm just tired of talking to her. I feel like I need a break for a while, but I'm afraid I'll make things worse for her if I ask for it. What do I do? You take a break. You take a break. At this point, it's in your mental health, sis. Right. Like if we, if we wait to better ourselves, you know, and we hold off on things that can make us better just for the, the pleasure of someone else, then we would just never be better. Like, cause there were like, there will always be somebody to take into account. So just take a break. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is their mental health decline, but if she's been diagnosed with depression, that means that she already has some uh, sort of mental health provider in her life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and hopefully she's in therapy right now to where, um, you know, she can handle, you know, the distance Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever and, and work that out herself. That's not on you to make sure that this friend is in a good enough mental state for you to back away from them. Like that's not, you know, and I'm not, like you say, you wouldn't abandon them. So that's great to know, but you can still take a break and a break doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I'm not talking to her for six minutes, six months. It could be a break. Like maybe y'all talk every day. So you dwindle it down to like once a week or dwindle it down to like, you know, two once every two weeks or once a month or something like that until you can build back up the capacity to handle her or until she gets in a better place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have to be like this drastic, like, oh, I'm not talking to her for six months. Cause that's, yeah, that would be devastating for anybody. Cause they're, if they're reaching out to you and, you know, they're getting no answer, but it's all a different thing. If you can kind of buy yourself some time and, yeah. you know, just have a break from that person. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also it kind of sounds like she went on medication, got better for a while for the past year. It got, it got worse. Um, sometimes you got to tweak people medication or sometimes people just stop taking medication. Um, I will be like, I will ask her, hey, is everything okay? Are you still seeing a therapist? Do you feel like your medication is still working? Maybe you need to go see your psychiatrist or maybe you need to go see your therapist again. Because if it's gotten worse, it, sound, it sounds like she could be having another episode, but it sounds like she may need some changes to her medication or she may need to talk to her therapist about some different things that she needs to try so maybe have that conversation and just tell her like hey I'm feeling kind of burnt out I just like for us to kind of just take some time apart maybe like a week or two just for me to kind of gather myself and we can get back and talk together when I have the break when I'm over the break um 
Honestly, you really don't have to talk to her. But like, I feel like if you don't talk to her, especially with her being so dependent on you and she doesn't know what you'll do without her, she doesn't know what she'll do without you. It, it may have to be a conversation like, hey, I just need a break from this. Um, I feel like my mental health is declining. So I just want to take some time to myself. Um, so that sounds like something you should do. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to make it specifically about her. Just like, like Devin said, I need to take some time to myself. So that way it's not adding more pressure to what she's already going through and it sounds like she could have possibly stopped going to therapy so it would be good to ask if she's still going to um, a mental health professional um, whether it's a therapist or because yeah because if this change has been so drastic where like every conversation she's complaining and it's so draining somebody should have picked up on that by now yeah something stops something stopped whether it was therapy or the medication or maybe both right okay. so yeah. yeah good luck ryan girl i hope my, that's my niece name um <laughs> well, I, I think ryan because it's neutral i think it's so cute for girls yes ryan girl i hope you work it out um but yeah that's pretty much it for this episode we didn't talk y'all ear off like we normally do but next episode we may um so as always follow us on social media platforms selfcare.gang on instagram self-care gang pod on twitter um and also i updated our facebook page and it's self-care gang on facebook um follow our personal pages i'm sent from devin devin with a y d-e-v-y-n on all platforms Desiree is it's Desi Cakes on all platforms mm-hmm. and yeah like if you want some advice shoot us a letter um at inquiries at selfcaregang.com and we'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.